Welcome to the T2 Hubcast. Join Martin, Dave, Spencer and guests as they discuss all things personal and professional development. The T2 Hubcast, brought to you by the People Performance People. So welcome to another T2 Hubcast and it's one I've been looking forward to because we have a special guest with me today, uh, an external guest from outside of T2, and it's Leon McQuaid. So welcome, Leon. Thanks for having me, Martin. Um, it's great to be in here. Yeah, no, and we, me and Leon go back. We know each other. We, um, we've we played rugby together. We've, uh, you know, we live in the same area. Um, and Leon has had, um, as well as my journey with my business, Leon's had a journey over the recent years of his own. He is the CEO of ThinkCloud and, and co-founder of ThinkCloud, um, which are a, a cloud and technology consultancy. Uh, he's also, because he's not busy enough <laughs> trying to run a company, he's also uh, an ambassador and trustee for a, a really a great charity up here in the north of England. Uh, well, it's, I think, does it extend beyond the north of England, Leon? Yeah, we are. We're down in Peterborough um, and we're further afield. Um, so we're all over the place at the moment, yeah. And the charities and his man club. And um, I'll let Leon just give you a, a, um, a quick two-minute sort of intro to his Man Club. But it's the reason I've got Leon on the Hubcast today, because this particular Hubcast is going to be about well-being or managing stress in the workplace or mental health in general. As we all know, as managers and leaders, we're, we're, it's becoming more of a topic that we have to sort of grasp. We have to take a bit of ownership over. Uh, and I think mental health is at a whole time high. Certainly people are, are, are feeling more comfortable these days in speaking out about it. And it, it's all around us at times in the workplace on various levels. So we need to sort of just start getting a bit of a grip with this, getting a bit better understanding and just being more approachable as a leader or as a manager. So this is what this particular Hubcast is about. And I brought Lee on him because he's done some wonderful work with Andy's Man Club, the charity. He's working, turning people's lives around and it, and and it's it's for it's for men who uh, struggle with mental health and the the strap line for Andy's Man Club is it's okay to talk and it's about giving a providing a safe environment for men who struggle to come and open up to be heard to um sort of associate with others who carry similar struggles and You've seen some wonderful successes with it, Leon, and you, you know, you're making yeah. some real momentum. So, do you just want to add, yeah. add a bit more to that around Andy's man? Yeah, and, what you do? Uh, and I think what's interesting because I mean, you go way back um, personally, and then obviously um, in my former life in, in business, you was instrumental in um, helping me um, change a workforce's mindset. So we share a lot of similarities, and that, that I mean, you share a, a big common theme for psychology in the workplace and in sport as well, don't we? Absolutely. Um, so, I mean, also in the early days of me helping at Andy's Man Club, again, I'm trying to thank you. You helped me massively in there. Um, You're welcome, and we're still mate. using some of the coping techniques you know, and strategies in there. Um, but I think first and foremost, for anyone who's out there listening about Andy's Man Club, um, and I just want to just, before we talk about Andy's Man Club, um, you mentioned something then about mental health, didn't mm. you? Um, and I think what Andy's Man Club is there about, we're trying to break the stigma because um, I believe mental, the word mental is a toxic word. Yeah. I don't think it's got any place in our vocabulary anymore because um, I just want to ask you a question. When, when I say the word mental, just give me five things you think of. Yeah. yeah well, straight away, the stigma with that, with, with mental, is that there's something wrong with me. It's weakness. Um, I'm ill. Um, you know, I, my... I'm incapacitated. My capabilities are not strong or worthwhile. So give me, give me three, give me three images you see. So, so 
Well, when you use the word mental, you think of sick people in a hospital, you think, you think of asylums, you think of straitjackets, you think of um, people who are not deemed to be safe out in public. You know, all of these things which I, I, I think you absolutely rightly on it contributes to the stigma. Yeah, so I mean, so if we break, break that back, so where me and you share an absolute, you know, fundamental is um, on, we're massive on personal development. Yeah, true. So I have a massive problem with... Um, I've gone out there and gone personal development man of the years like you have. We share the same passion for learning and the brain. Um, and you call it human psychology. Yeah. Um, I'm a bit simpler than you. I call it brain health. Um, <laughs> so and I think there's a big stigma sort of changing in terms of I've meditated for the past five years every day without fail. Um, and I do it just to reset my brain. Um, I believe that um, in the next three, four, five years, um, meditating to clear your brain, not collecting, you know, not connecting to some guru somewhere you know yeah. if that's your thing that's your thing and um, but i believe there's a there's a power bigger than all of us um you know I don't, why am i involved in andy's man club why am i and you sat here right now talking about it um i think we've all got our own little skills in life our gifts that we can use yeah um and i think for me um meditating or looking after your brain health um so meditating used to be for me and me and you share this passion i used to meditate on that rugby pitch being a number 10 um, charging at a brick wall, um, our good pals like Darren Bumby and things, um, you don't you, you don't have time to think because you're either going to get smashed um, and you can't get things, <laughs> there's a consequence for getting things wrong. Um, so I think the word meditation, um, I class that more of looking after your brain so, um, health. And I think it's going to be um, as synonymous as brushing your teeth. Yes. Once we never brushed our teeth, I think what's going on, I think the, the brand of mental health is broken huge colossally broken and um, but that's not the nhs's fault that's us as a collective because we need to start looking at why do we use the word mental and health um, and i think also i think what we're trying to do i believe and um, what we're doing at andy's mankle why i started with that word mental is we're trying so most people um and let's ask you this question then so andy's mankle what what do you think we're there for who we're trying to help well uh, our, again, again, goal? again and again i think thinking about the viewers watching this, if you're a leader or manager in a business watching this and listening to this, just to set the scene on Andy's Man Club, um, it's it's an environment where males of any age... 18 um, and over. 18 and over. So 18 and over. Yeah. So it's not any age. <laughs> we're, males a, we're a charity now, so there's, there's, there's stipulations. Of course. So 18 and over. So males uh, of any age, as long as it's 18 or, or over, so you get a plethora of, 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 of types of men who, who come into the club. You, at the minute, meet once a week. Yeah, every um, in a in a In a communal area where it's open door uh, policy to anybody. Uh, so you've had numbers of two or three people sat there, but then you've some weeks you've had 30, 40 people, 53, this week. 53 people sat there. So, uh, But what it is, is you spend an hour or so, a couple of hours in, um, there's a format to it. It's a chat mouse rules. So people have the confidence that it's confidential, but it allows and creates a forum. This is my observation because I've attended a few with you, Leon, is I, I was blown away by it because it creates a forum, a safe environment for people who are struggling to open up and even though at times there's complete strangers in that room, um, it's almost it's it's it was amazing how easy people opened up. Once one or two people started sharing some uh, some of their experiences and thoughts and feelings, it was like a domino effect. And do you know what I I sensed? And, and I'll bring you back in on this, but I sensed the forum you've created with Andy's Man Club. It it does one really key thing for me. It does one wonderful thing that for the first time in a long time, people realize they're not alone. 
people have the realization that it's not just me. I'm not sick. I'm not different. This is a common thing that other people are experiencing. And together, right, we've got a better chance of supporting each other, sharing best practice, encouragement, and and coming out of it. And we always say in performance psychology that part of mastering hypothetical worries or chronic anxieties getting out of your head and somewhere else whether it's in a worry diary on paper whether it's to your parents in the house or whether it's to a group of strangers at andy's man club right and i think you do that wonderfully well yeah and i think so and lean on to that so what would you say the end you know what we're trying to achieve andy's man club and the reason i'm asking this before i define what what we are there to do I'm just inquisitive because you've been there, yeah. Um, and I'm trying to test back what our, you know, what, what our message is. So, what is the end? What, what end users are we trying? Well, to I think support? I mean, I, I guess you're better off answering that question. But if I was to answer it, yeah. you're trying to do a couple of things. Um, I think you're trying to first and foremost try and challenge that stigma. Yeah, you're trying to remove the bound, the, the, you know, the boundaries. You're trying to challenge the stigma of mental health, like we've already covered, and sort of say it's okay to 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 talk, to talk about it. Right, it's okay to talk. Um, but I guess the ultimate goal is as a, as a byproduct of that, you're trying to reduce suicide rates in, in men. Yeah. Well, so this is what's quite, I found that, and that was where I was leading with that question in terms of, so a lot of people, um, associate Andy's man club, but to go to Andy's man club, you need to be suicidal and depressed. Um, that's not the case. What we're saying is that Andy's man club, if you don't talk, you don't express yourself, the end result of not doing that, you will be suicidal and you may, you know, you may be suicidal, sorry. Yeah. And you may or be. Or certainly you're going to get yourself in a cycle yeah. that's self perpetuating. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. so one of the things we are trying to break, and it's amazing that you've got me on the show, um, is to obviously make sure that it's for any man. And, 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 where, and where I'm going to flip back on that, um, you come to help me out just for the psychology element, just just observe what was going on and just give me feedback on, on myself, really, and help. And then you started to actually come and use a club now and again, didn't you? Um, and for other bits, you you know, um, you know, took actual value out of that. And we have a lot of guys who turn up who don't want to come for the club because I think it's for, you have to be depressed or suicidal. Mm. Um but you took massive value out of that yourself, personally. Yeah. And I guess I, I guess I did. And and as a as a as a CEO of my own company, um, although I wouldn't class myself uh, as having a, a mental health issue, I, I absolutely get bloody stressed, like we all do. Yeah. And sometimes you don't understand that the sheer um, workload that that you, you that you that you carry. Uh, as even not just a business owner, but someone who's holding a position of, of, of command or rank in a business. You know this. Um, there's a cystic you mentioned when he talked about inputs. Yeah. Um, so now we're, there's so many inputs we're having and having in, to, into the brain. Into the brain. Yeah, hit me with that one. You know, the, the last hundred years, what that says is in, in a previous talk is that um, we've gone from 1,500 inputs in the brain a day to 100,000 through technology and digital platforms and social media and all of the stuff that that we have which feeds us into our brain every day now even that sheer mass of information is is overloading us which for me so to come back and answer your question when i went to andy's man club first and foremost to help you out and deliver some uh, insight into to, to the people attending i all of a sudden found myself getting a lot from it myself because i realized that when i was participating in the discussions and answering the questions i was offloading as well <laughs> i was getting stuff off my chest that i don't potentially sometimes go home and speak with my wife about because i don't want to worry her or that i don't you know because we 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 want to we want to make sure, put on this as men sometimes we want to put on this uh, character that it's we massive. are okay we're strong yeah. right so i found it although i wasn't um struggling i found it um, really beneficial just to offload 
and have an environment for myself as as a busy professional. So just what just a quick thing then, Leon, because I want to bring this back to that. So if you if, if people are listening to this as a manager or a leader in a business and they have a team yeah. or they're experience or they know some people or individuals in their team at times get overwhelmed with stress or can have down periods or low mood or whatever it might be. What I'm hearing from you is we've got to be encouraging individuals. And I know you have Andy's Man Club, which is men, but this is men and women. No, right? no. We've got to be encouraging individuals in the workplace to feel confident in opening up and having discussions. And we as the leaders and managers have to drive that. We have to say, send a signal of it's okay. Right. So for me, first and foremost, so to flick into that and I'll, I'll go. So Andy's Man Club, first and foremost, is for any, any men, right? And the, the vision is... Um, it, it's okay to talk, and the other vision is um, real simple. We're real and raw. So what you vision, what you you know witnessing there, we're radically honest. That's what the club's about: radical honesty. Um, and I think what you talk about, what you've experienced, because it's a five question format. We don't actually fix anybody's problems. Um, you just offload. Yeah. And what you actually get is it's peer to peer. You learn. Yeah. Um, so linking it back to what you do as a job, because um, I've experienced at the other end, you come in. You talk when we were doing stuff uh, psychologically, the leader, and, and we're working all different bits. We're coming. You give us so you know. There's a question that comes out. We answer that question in a forum, and the business works that out with your support yeah. coaching. Because a coach isn't there to fix; it's there to guide. Yes. Of so in my sort of linking this back, now I'm a, uh, a trustee trying to make sure we've got a consistent message at each. Look, we're not there to answer any questions, so we can't have people coming in and teaching or doing yeah. other bits. Um, it's all about the five questions. That's the power. So we're peer-to-peer learning, right? So that, that's first and foremost. But then I think linking that back, um, and this is where I, where I was heading this. So I believe like toxic words like mental health and you know are, are all broken. And I think the workplace has got a lot to answer for um, right. in terms of us as leaders. Um, I believe we're there to inspire and, and lead change in the workplace. Um, so, you know, if we look at, you know, Maslow's hierarchy needs or McGregor's X and Y theories, these, you know, McGregor's X and Y theories, I love it, there's two types of people, isn't there, you know, and people are motivated by sense of purpose, like you're massive on, or people are motivated by discipline and money. Yeah, um, and that ties into NLPs towards pleasure or away from yeah, pain. Yeah, yeah, exactly, right. So I believe <clears throat> I'm a... I might get this the wrong way around. I think I, I'm, a, I'm a leader who believes in a why theory. So give them, encourage them, you know. Towards pleasure. Pleasure, yeah, yeah right. Um, and and change you, you know, again, me with my technology business, our big motto is you can work anywhere, anytime, any place. So if you've got a, a member of staff, um, I did this in the other organisation, if we've got a member of staff in the accounts team who needs to take their child to school um, and needs to do stuff, but they can do the work on any device, anywhere, anytime, if we can install, instill that and give them that opportunity, give them that resource, because as a leader and a manager, we're there to empower our staff. We're there to give them resources, which Mm. maybe be time, money, um, and and different technologies to do that. So I think massively what you're doing um, and why I want to work closely with you, with the Andy's Man Club front, because obviously of our message, is... Um, you need to encourage, I believe, um, leaders and managers to talk and um, look at the way they've managed people. Um, and th- my idea, and, and this, sorry, and this comes down to um, things like the language they use, um, how they address performance, how they respond to adversity, um, the decisions they make, and the impact it can have on others. So, 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 you, so you've got to be a mind. What you're saying is you've got to be a mindful leader. You can't just be going. It's all about the end game. And I will crack this whip and I will direct until we get where we want to get, but at what cost? Correct. We've got to be a mindful leader, We've got right? No, and, and more importantly than ever, right, and the world's changing. Um, we've got to be 
I've seen courses and courses about emotional intelligence. I've seen courses and courses about being directive and, and we've got to be real. Um, and so breaking stigmas is about being real. And I think what we're doing with Andy's Man Club, and again, we're linking with Paul for Brain um, and other organisations, Mind, we're trying to break a stigma. But what we're actually trying to do, I believe, it's really, really simple. Um, we've been looking at mental health and words like mental health and the way we deal with mental health. And I believe we've been... Um, we're scared of it. We're so scared of it, um, we don't want to address it properly. So we look at the world as flat. And I believe what organisations like Andy's Man Club are doing, Mind, and other organisations like like in, with the, you know your stress toolkit in the workplace and all these different things, we're actually starting to say to organisations, actually, um, the world's round. And people aren't ready for that at the moment. And it's very, very simple. Um, because as I look at it, um, and I was with Paul for Brain yesterday, um, we was having a real good chat. And don't get me wrong, this, some people, unfortunately their brain health does not work at average functions. And um, I remember having a chat with you and it would be good to discuss today is you had a, a, a talk on um, about your opinion on it, it's, I, I really like, I'm very passionate about, and I'll explain this in a minute, very passionate about um, it's okay to talk, but I'm more passionate about um, it's okay not to be okay. Yeah. Um, and the reason why I'm more passionate about that is, and I'll link into Andy's Man Club, some of these guys who turn up there, and from my experience, the last 16,000 men, you know, data I've got back, is um, some of these guys have a great group of people there. So you know me personally. You know I've got a great um, support network, great friends. Um, but at times in my previous career, um, and you helped me um, fix my mindset on that, um, you know I was struggling um, to make some massive decisions in my personal life um, and career, right? Mm, yeah. Um, I was very fortunate that I've got great people around me like yourself and other people where I could go and seek advice and speak out. So I was okay to talk back then, right? Um, so what if, though, you're the guy who, for whatever reason, doesn't feel, he might have great friends, or a lady, might have great friends, might have great people, um, but just might be scared to tell them because of the stigmas we're talking about. Yeah. So that's so the reason I'm so passionate about it, it's okay not to be okay, is we've got to empower people to go challenge managers and leaders to say it is okay if someone comes to you with um, stress in the workplace. Yeah. It's actually a massive positive because we can actually look at that. What what we're actually doing, I believe, is someone's stressed in the workplace, we're being an ineffective leader. Um, and we need to look at what we're doing and, and solve the problem and give that person an environment. And it's down to Maslow's hierarchy needs. You know, yeah. look at basic human needs. If they're not feeling safe, secure, and you'll do a far better job on me educating everyone on Maslow's hierarchy <laughs> needs. But... I keep it really simple because of the way my brain works. And I believe, so simple, that um, people who get depressed um, is due to not expressing themselves. So I look at like a, a pedal. Um, so if we're driving forward, we've got goals, we've got a vision, we know where we're going, we're communicating, um, life's good, we are on that accelerator pedal and we're driving forward. And I believe that once someone might have adversity, might challenge, but something might change, um, self-image is a big one or sense of purpose whichever way you want to wrap that up um, all of a sudden what can happen is the brakes can get put on that on that vehicle and what starts happening I believe when you don't talk um, you, you start getting depressed which is you know depressing um, and I believe the expression what I'm talking about is energy Um it traps energy, it needs somewhere to go. Yeah. And if it can't go anywhere, it'll, I, believe it got, I believe there's only two things, um, two emotions in life. I believe there's love and we can categorise everything else like that and I believe we're fear. And we're either scared of a dying or we're scared of other people's opinions. That That is it what motivates people, I believe. 
So I believe people are, uh, are scared to talk because they're scared of other people's opinions. Because we're human creatures, we want to be liked, we want to feel protected. And if I start saying I'm not okay, I'm getting out of my troop, I'm getting out of my tri tribe. It goes it goes against every Absolutely. single thing. Absolutely, and, and more so in males, as we know, in men who are traditionally were animals. You know, the, the alpha male in the family or in the tribe is, is the one who has to be strong, the one who has to provide traditionally, etc. The world's changing, but we still have that, that as men, we still have that. Now, let me pick up on a few things you said there. Now, yeah, I have been known to, uh, in recent talks, controversially make a statement about, about something, and it's not controversial for any other reason than I'm trying to challenge leaders, managers, parents and influential people into action so i say i agree with you it's 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 okay not to be okay uh, sorry it's okay to talk and the reason why i love that statement and why you're doing that and why me and you have different messages is what i love and respect about you mine is um you challenge people um you was um you you've challenged me over the years um <laughs> we and you are polar opposites it would be um, people wouldn't pay if i just agreed to, yeah, to with everything yeah. but but to, to, to clarify what i'm saying I love it's okay to talk because you, you mentioned a really, really valid point there. I loved your uh, your analogy of people need to express express themselves and express what they're thinking. And it's okay to talk as Andy's man club sort of motto. I love it because um, we want people to talk. And if, I, if leaders and managers are listening to this, you've got to encourage that concept of it's okay to talk. But you're part of the equation because you've got to make it You've got to make yourself approachable and accept, you know, accessible for Which people. Takes skills. Yeah. It takes skills, massive skills. It takes skills. time. It yeah. takes trust. Yeah, it it takes it rapport. You can't just all of a sudden be uh, uh, not very social, not have any rapport with your people, be quite an autocratic manager, then one day waltz into a room and say, I, I, come I, on, open up to I me. Massive respect. Because um, what you're actually doing there is a leader or a manager or a HR, you know, you're putting your hand up and saying, I'm actually vulnerable. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm I've vulnerable. got a level of humility and vulnerability yeah, yeah. myself, and it's okay. Yeah. So, I agree with it. It's okay to talk. What I challenged on the stage recently at a conference was I, I'm not a massive fan of the overuse of it's okay not to be okay. And what I meant by that is not that it's not okay to be not okay, but what I'm challenging people out there to say is I don't think it is okay to not be okay and we've got to fix it and we've got to help people. So as a leader or manager, um, you've got to carry – a level of responsibility for the well-being of your people and your team, as well as the performance, as well as catering for what your business and your managers need. You've got to take the lead on the general well-being of the people who directly report into who you're responsible for. And therefore, it's not okay for them to be not okay, right? It's not okay for that. Leon's not switched his phone off. He's, uh, he's just dashing out to... Uh, to take his device off, despite me telling him that he had to turn it off beforehand. But anyway, so I think it's it's I think it's not okay to, for people to be not be okay. But what my message is on that is we've got a too many people in this area. When you go to speeches and conferences, they talk about the impact of mental health on the workplace. They talk about the numbers. They talk about the cost of the economy. In action. They talk about the NHS. Uh, you know, so they talk about it all, but nobody's doing anything about it. And what we've put on the hub is the managing stress toolkit. And I agree with you. I left out mental health from that branding because I didn't agree with it. It's about managing stress, whether it's on a serious level, a debilitating level, or on a mild level. It's about managing stress and emotions and anxiety in the workplace. So. We've got a toolkit on here you can go and, and, and view after this. But for me, we've got to take some ownership and start doing something bloody about it. And, and to do that, first and foremost, I think what we're saying, Leon, is make yourself accessible, vulnerable at times, make yourself human, approachable, and give your people 
the trust and rapport on the platform for them when the time is needed for them to open up about yeah, it. Yeah, and I think I think the, re- the reason I'm, I'm so passionate about that is all Andy's Man Club does, if we go back to them two emotions, love and fear, we provide a loving environment. We get someone um, to feel comfortable with not feeling the way they are. And then what we do is we empower them to take action. Simple as that. Mm. So that's where we share that same value. And I think more so why I was really keen to do this, um, this, this, this podcast was um, you've got a tremendous, um, you know, respect in the, in, the, in the town for making change and, and you lead some of the biggest organisations in the, in the city. Um, you're key to being a catalyst for change, in, you know, in these HR departments. Um, people listen to you. Um, you've got some fantastic tools, fantastic strategies and um, action needs to be taken to train and upskill staff. And on the other side, so I see, you know, you're doing a fantastic job corporate-wise. I'm down, I look at Andy's Man Club and more like a triage. Um, yeah. and, and the problems I have with, you know, the branding of mental health. And this is the same. And I'm, I'm going to try and share this story to see it maybe sparks an idea in yourself or, you know, in HR people who are watching this or anyone else who, who, who's got an idea to change this because we must change it. Um, so obviously being involved in Andy, Andy's Man Club, when people are suffering, I get quite a lot of messages and conversations and calls. And it's so such a common theme that when someone is brave enough to reach out, um, and you'll tell me this, when you're having a brainstorming session and people have ideas, every idea is a good idea, isn't it? Yeah. We, we, we wanna, what's the psychology behind that? Every idea is an idea, um, and and definitely no such thing as a bad idea. But what we want, you're you're promoting expression, and and you're because the minute this is the thing that we find in organisations, right? The minute a manager dismisses an idea forthright or outright, the minute it gets played down as, as a stupid idea. In front of peers as pe- well. People will stop doing it. And the minute people stop doing it, you, you, you're losing collaboration, you're losing creativity, you uh, and then you become that single point of leadership, autocratic leadership where, you know, we know the, re- the we know the rest. It just doesn't work in, in productive ecosystems and environments. So, so absolutely. You, so, so you get that? So so if you understand that, that that's, and I think there's a massive point there because – if we're speaking, you know, if we've got HR um, directors and, and leaders in, in, uh, and, and business leaders listen to this, um, so then if someone does reach out to you and say they've got a problem, how we manage that, we must manage that like we are in the best hotel in the world where we ask for something, um, nothing's a problem, and we must manage that situation the best we can. Um, so that's one side. So when you're saying about it's okay, not to be okay, you, we, we can fix that, and I think we've got a place in the workplace where some companies are doing it. If staff are struggling with the workplace, they've got a choice they can change, they can go, yeah. right, so there's more options. Me at grassroots level where I'm looking at it is um, you ring the doctor um, and you've got to ring at a set time. Trying to get an appointment with the doctor if you don't ring at set times is a challenge. Um, when you start to push and say, I really need to help. So I, I this last week um, with a very good friend of mine who I'm helping um, and his problem's not massive, but he needs, like, you know, if I've got a sprain back, I can't go to work and lift boxes. So if I, you know, if I'm starting to see um, my brain health deteriorate, you know, I'm not, I'm not thinking as like, you know, I, I lose my spark, you know, and there's something, something's not right in my job, my career. I need to change something, but it might have gone too past that, you know, with um, your, your your anxiety, your worries mm. are going on. So you reach out to the doctor. The doctor surgery, you missed the call, you ring at quarter past eight, all the slots are gone. They tell you to ring back the next day. That, that doesn't work. So then when you push it again, and this this guy who I was helping, he rang up on the um, on last Friday, push, 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 and then they told him that he needs to ring back. He can have an appointment on the 22nd. 
right? And you just need to see his doctor just to talk. He might not even know about these services and other things that are going on. Um, so that all of a sudden we've, we've potentially lost someone. You know, that's like that conversation we just had there. We're, we're sort of saying no, aren't we? We're, mm. we're, we're not doing anything constructive. And, and all this time they're becoming more demoralised and disheartened with the with the process. They believe they're never going to get the help. They give up. No one cares. They give up. Um, and then the spiral continues. Whereas what you're doing wonderfully well at, like you called it, a grassroots level or yeah. at a, a, an every man anywhere level, is come to us and we will help triage. Well, we, we, we'll yeah. listen. We'll yeah. listen. And yeah. so I have a massive problem with with um, the way that's sort of set up in our in our health services. That's problem one. Problem two, though, when you really push. So if that guy, you know, has got the confidence, he's got confidence already to ring up. You know, he's found that he's empowered. He rings up. Um, let's say he's not happy to wait till the twenty second. And he really pushes through. The next thing they say to him is, "You need to. Um, we've got a number for you for the mental health crisis team. So if you already don't like the word mental, all right, and I put the word crisis in there. Oh yeah, what's that doing? It's threat to us? state language. We talk about challenge and threat state all the time. It's more threat state language, isn't it? Yeah. Um, so, so as a guy who's just reaching out initially, right? So then it gets, it gets side, you know, second class citizens, as I call it. It gets sideswiped, and he's got to go down that path, right? If I'm challenging, you know, that myself, I don't get to, if I've got a bad back, I don't say I have to go to crisis or, mm. you know, and use them languages. So I have a massive problem with that. Um, and I think something just needs to be done around that sort of the way that and is And certainly relating this back into the workplace is that I'm glad you used the word triage and we'll wrap this up in a couple of minutes. But my, um, our mental uh, managing, sorry, managing stress in the workplace toolkit, which is available on the hub, is a triage toolkit. And we always say it's a frontline first aid support tool, which managers can use to, and there's a thing in there called the seven-day worry diary, where we get the at the first port of call, if somebody approaches us who's stressed, who's anxious, who's worried, who feels they might be depressed, who's mentally struggling in the workplace, we can carry out an instant seven-day process where we send them away, we get to capture their thoughts and worries as they arise, they categorize them hypothetical or practical, time of day, and score them from one to 10 on the level of stress, right? We get them to do this for seven days. Why that's important is because it helps you triage. They'll come back in seven days' time, and you will be, if you, if, as the manager, you'll be able to review this with them, find the most common things that are reoccurring, and you'll be able to establish, are there a, are this, is this person a practical worry or a hypothetical? When is, what is the there any patterns in the times is it late in an evening when they tend to build the most anxiety is it when they walk through the dark work um so you certain type of project is is it someone in yeah. the office who's triggering them and pissing them off yeah. right do we need to move them away from them? is it their manager right? right so you'll find the pattern in the in, in the managing stress toolkit and then what we do is after the seven day exercise we say okay now we've got an idea of what's triggering the stress response we can either make a decision as a leadership team internally to help you. We move role, move department. We'll um, offer some coaching and support, etc. Or if it's a bit of a deeper issue, and this is clearly a deeper issue because mental health, health is a vast spectrum, then we can facilitate the most appropriate professional support as an employer. That is what I believe at a fair surface level we should all be doing as HR departments, as managers, as team leaders. as as, as, as And it doesn't take a lot of effort or any rocket science to deploy that because you simply, you become accessible, you be you be approachable, you allow people to offload and, and talk. You, you conduct a seven-day exercise to capture the worries and the anxiety triggers in the moment. You review that with the recipient and then you've triaged the best course of action. That process alone, Leon, I don't know if you would agree, that process alone, will help the individual, well, you know, make progress. Well, we're singing massive of the same industry because 
not going to name no names, but you know, you've visit, visited the club. We see um, massive results just after one session, don't we? Mm. Um, and the reason we see massive results, I believe, is a lot of the times, and, and I did this myself, um, you know, me changing career um, was was down to, I asked myself um, three questions. Um, and traditionally, it had always been, I'd, unconsciously, I got into construction and did that because of my parents. My parents told me to go be a carpenter. And then I wanted you have to, to get a trade behind you, son. Yeah. yeah. And, that's like, and then I want, and then naturally, come achiever, I want to be the best that I can do. So I get trained. And all of a sudden, I'm running a construction company. Um, not because it's my sense of purpose, just because it's all I know, unconscious motivating me. Whereas deep down, we know that was your true calling and sense of purpose connected to that? Not really. No. You was going to do a good job and you'd succeed at it, yeah. but you was you didn't feel innately passionate no. about what you did. I liked. I liked. Uh, I had a standard of work and I wanted to do. But what what was very interesting what I was able to do because obviously I left there as a shareholder director. I had a lot of um, decisions. Now, what a lot of people don't know about me, and I never used to tell anybody. Um, I see it that my brain just works a little bit different. Um, but if we need to put a label on it, like we like to put it on this world. Um, I'm a bit dyslexic, I would say, and and I don't retain information that well. So I need to have systems around me to store information so my brain can get back to solving yeah. problems. Which is why you write mind maps, draw mind maps, and write loads of notes whenever you're yeah. attending events or listening to anything. Yeah. yeah. So that's the way my, my brain works. So, so I've used technology for years to enable me. I can't spell. So I was using text-to-speak, dragon dictation, all this plethora of technology to allow me to to enable me to, to communicate with people who are more educated than me or better skills than me. Um, so that's where my true passion was. I used to link that in that business to it. So much so that it makes perfect logical sense for me to have a technology company um, and train developing people around technology because I have a passion for people. Yeah. Um, I have a passion for technology. Um, so I, I love all that. And I think linking back into that, so that's that question is, I sat down and asked myself three questions. First question was, what experiences do I want to have? And bearing in mind, I was running a multinational company, um, all, over the, all over the globe, in fact. And um, one of the first things what I wanted to experience was taking my children to school. And I wrote that down. And the next column is, um, how do you need to grow as a person to make that happen? Um, and I wrote that down. I wanted to take the kids to school. And I wrote, um, I like going out on my bike. I want to do track days. And I wrote all these things out. And I looked down the list. And there weren't very many of them that cost much any money. Taking my kids to school don't cost any money. No, you just money. needed time. Time, yeah. And yeah. what I'd realised was I'd made a massive mistake and I'd traded time for money. Um, I had no time. Um, and I had to learn how to build another business, get out and, and make a ma- massive decision, which instantly worries, stress, anxiety. Um, I was in your office um, for you to sort me out. And I think massively you, what you're saying with your toolkit is um, I made a plan. I knew what I wanted to experience. I knew what I didn't want to experience. I then did a plan of how I need to grow and what do I need to learn? What does that look like? And then the reason I'm involved in Andy's Man Club, I actually, the last column is, um, what are you going to give back to the world? And me giving back was, I'm going to give Andy's Man Club technology. I never thought I'd run Andy's Man Club, but um, <laughs> the weird how it goes. And then I've gone on to be a trustee. So that was my vision. How I, I love it. it. I love it. And do you know what? I'm going to finish off this hubcast with linking into exactly what you've just said, because that's a, a there's a really salient point and important message on that, which is, and I, and I talked about this on a podcast I recorded off the cuff the other night, but one of the things I've always done myself, if we're talking about, you know, our, our journeys is I've, people say, what's, I'm like you, I'm off a council estate. I never had, went on to higher education. I am always the most uneducated man in the room academically, but probably the most educated socially, right? But I'm, I'm, I don't come from a, 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 
you know, a, a background of education and and upper class. I just don't. So um, one of the secrets I think that drives me on is I strongly believe in the law of attraction. So I know where I'm going. I visualize 10 years from now, five years from now, where I'm heading and my eyes are on the prize. What does it look like? What does it feel like? What does my business look like? What products and services have we deployed? Who have we helped? What, you know, and, and I can see it. And because I've got that, it creates the law of attraction. It pulls me. Now, the one thing that that does and the one thing that you did when you made the decision to leave and set up on your own and help people and make a difference is once you've got a destination, the law of attraction, it starts, you work back from that, you start making decisions, but right? I think, but I think, well, I think linking that back where you've got a point, right? So law of attraction, some people are like, what is that? It's a vision. I don't mean, by the is way, it, but it's a, but when you strip it back, it's the vision element. Let me strip this back though, because I know, I know exactly what you mean. We, me and you operate on a vision, don't we? Right? So you've got a vision, we know where we're going, we know what experience, if we know what experiences look like, I imagine taking my kids to school. It's the first day of school mm. yesterday. I took them to school. That's my vision. I visualized that a year ago. It's taken me a year to get there. And I've got now I can take my kids to school, pick them up when I want. So I've got control of my time. Massive point. But that vision, you then need to turn that into um habits. So what's it need to look like? So I need to learn, I need to do this. So you turn them into habits and eventually you turn them into goals and tasks and we work it back. But most people don't even, you know. When you ask that question, you know, me asking what do I want to experience, how many people, and I, I implore everybody to sit down and write a list down of what they want to experience um, because we're too um, caught up in the material world of chasing things and stuff. Um, and then when you realise the law of attraction is if you want to experience all this stuff, um, it doesn't just land on your lap, but with loads of action, you know, like we're going back yeah, to, yeah. loads of action, finding people who can help and support you, whether that be personal, business, um, and go out and get them. And I think I, I want to wrap up on one of my bits before you jump on is I think a really key point and a real simple analogy, um, what managers or anyone listening to this um, or any, you know, anybody can, can can take value from. And Luke Campbell taught me this. Um, he mentioned what Andy's Man Club does. And I believe what, if we're going back to the triage, what HR departments and companies can do can have this very simple analogy in that in life, there's two people and you talk about it and you can link into this. Um, you have your circles. Inner circle, out close circle, yeah. outer circle. Um, and I believe I believe in that theory, and you can link into that a bit, but I believe there's two types of people, for whatever reason, you are, you've either got radiators who, who, who let off a lot of energy and you're the warm to be around and you want to be around a radiator. Me and you are like that in a lot of ways. Yeah. Certain things are me and you can switch them. I can, when I get into detail mode, I become a drain for you. Yeah. When you get all your, we're doing this when I'm not listening, you're, you're a yeah. drain for me. Yeah. So me and you can switch between a radiator and a drain, right? But you've got to understand that you've got to define people and understand in your hour of need or a problem you've got, who's a radiator in your life and who's a drain in your life for that particular problem. And I give an expression on that. Um, my mother, love her to pieces, right? I cannot go talk to my mother about anything to do with money or anything because her sense is, you know, Maslow hierarchy needs stay where you are, don't move, don't secure, do anything. Secure, 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 yeah, yeah. So any big challenge, so I it drains you. Drains yeah, me, yeah, yeah. So I don't talk to her about anything <laughs> like that, right? So for me, I think, you know, if we can achieve one thing, um, getting companies and organisations to, um, when someone reaches out and speaks, to be a radiator to help that person, empower that yeah. person. It's a great point. Love that. And and just to round off my bit as we come to the end of this is the reason why visualizing what you want to achieve and seeing it um, is important is 
it, it works back and it absolutely drives you into making decisions. Now, one thing that decisions do is when you make decisions, because there's nothing more powerful than a decided mind, it triggers action. And here's the, how the psychology of this works in the human brain. When we are trying to achieve something and therefore making decisions, which is then triggering action, it is scientifically impossible to hypothetical worry at the same time. So what triggers hypothetical worries where we are focusing on just, just where, where we are. Yeah. Hypothetical. Where, so hypothetical worry is where we've talked about it in another podcast, but it's where you're worrying about something that's either happened in the past or that we perceive may happen in the future. And usually it's the consequence of something happening, going wrong, a loved one dying, becoming ill, Everyone. losing your job. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, hypothetical worries happens when we don't make decisions, when, we are, when we're inactive and we're in limbo. So the law of attraction works in, you set your goals and your visions, you can feel it, you can see it. It then triggers a state of, okay, what do I need to do to achieve that, which is decisions. That tr triggers action. And you are almost, you know, you, you, you're eradicating hypothetical worries. What I often find when people come to me with stress, depression, or anxiety, we have one-to-ones is, they're not making any bloody decisions. They don't know what to do. And decisions are hard. And we have, it's not for this hubcast, but people fear making decisions out of fear of making the wrong one, right? So it's not just as easy as making decisions. But if we can get the thing the triage toolkit does, the managing stress toolkit, is it allows a, a, a recipient to go on a seven-day process, get things out of the head. Which So if we just wrap up everything we're talking about, get things out, gives them a safe environment to get things out of the head. It allows us, the managers and the leaders, to identify the triggers that are causing that stress or anxiety and make some bloody decisions around them, which will lead to action, which will eliminate hypothetical worries. Yeah, and also you think of it, you know, real logically um, and, and, and try this exercise. Whenever you are scared of something, right, and you're in that cycle, you need to break that cycle. So when I go back to that analogy of radiators and drains, Whenever I think of something I'm grateful for, and we can always find, I do it every morning, three things I'm grateful for. Um, it is impossible when you're in a grateful state to also be worried and anxious. Um, so it's trying to empower people to make sure that they can trigger that. And, and I think organisations got a massive point to do on that. Great point. In the toolkit, it's not just about recording worries. We have a section in there, as you'll see in the in the handbook, where they can record when they feel great. And Leon's point is a really important one. What the the the... the Though the process behind that is that if they can capture the things that make them feel great and grateful in the moment, back to the experience I'm talking about. So when they come back, we say, right, all these things trigger worry, but all these things give you self fulfillment and happiness. So you need to do more of them, or we in the workplace need to find a way of doing more of that and less, less of, that. of that. Right. Yeah, so yeah, it's a it's a really great point. Right. Listen, I'm going to end it there. We're on 45 I've, I've, minutes. I've, I've got to go. We're on 45 minutes, mate. So listen, Leon McQuaid um, from Think Cloud, CEO and co-founder, thank you for your time. He's also an ambassador and trustee of Andy's Man Club, uh, who are various locations around the UK, giving a platform for men of any age over 18 to come uh, and, and be open and talk in confidence about their struggles, their troubles, whatever it is that uh, is, is bothering them. And it's a wonderful cause. They're making big inroads. So look them up. Also, and, um, I just want to jump in there. Anyone yeah. looking to digitally transform the business, we can help. We've got some great um, intranets we're building where we can engage and collaborate with staff. Um, so check us out for that as well. Absolutely. And I, and, I, and I vouch for that. You know, obviously at Trans2 Performance, we do the human element of performance and we engage staff and leaders and people on how to develop personally and be more productive. You know, Think Cloud uh, and Leon, they can do the systems uh, and the, the technology the, side what, of things. What was the thing you taught me this? Um, the chokehold on a business. Um 
the hourglass. We need three people, things. People, process, and technology. And technology, key. your people. Um, the, the process comes out of some of your toolkits. both, yeah. And both, and it also comes out of the businesses. Yeah, you fix your people, process, and technology, and your business flourishes. Best bit of advice you've ever given me, so thank awesome. you for that. Thank you very much, Leon, and we'll see you next time for another T2 Hubcast. Thank <music> you.